0: Shuffle. Kill, 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 Shuffle
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Kill Shuffle Yes, another, one more I'm Dylan I'm Dylan Dylan, <laughs> do you know what week this is? <sighs> I don't 80's week! Because it's 80's week and I'm an 80's <laughs> freak Do you know why it's 80's <laughs> week?
2: Uh, nothing to do with Valentine's Day,
1: really. <laughs> no, no, nothing to do with Valentine's Day. It's uh, it's it's sort of a coincidence, actually, or an ac- a happy accident. Um, we are covering three artists that relate to the 80s in various ways yeah. uh, most obviously our time machine segment this week is tears for, for fears, fears song f- songs from the big chair from 1985 so a band that's actually from the 80s mm. uh bob mold's new album sunshine rock yes which bob mold has been he's from the 80s yeah he's been creating music since the 80s yes. and then uh, white lies new album which white lies are ha- their most their heaviest influence is the 1980s in their sound. Yes, so yes. those are the three things, I think, that comprise 80s week. Uh, and then on top of that, we're also going to be talking Something about...
2: Something completely fucking different. You. Yeah.
1: Not? And then we're also talking about the Japanese rock band Polka Dot Stingray uh, for the third time on the show. Yes. And also Aww. the new album from my own personal favourite band name to say on the air, Rotten Christ. Rotten Christ. Christ. Uh, so,
2: yeah. Say so <laughs> lots- with that Christian radio voice writing Christ <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly oh.
1: hallowed be thy name um, <laughs> yeah. So, th- so yeah so lots of variety to look forward to on the show and uh, I think maybe let's dive in head first with some of the 80s stuff um, and
2: some talk of it about, yeah.
1: yeah some <laughs> of it why don't we talk about uh, Bob Mould yes Sunshine Rock
2: uh huh so a man of sugar a man of what yeah. do yeah and a, a man of, of
1: his own making yeah Bob Mold has been uh, in yeah Husker Day was his earliest project, uh, so that they 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 sort of started around 1979, which is even earlier than I thought. Um, and I suppose in all of his various guises, he's pioneered. Jet, like, uh, what would you say? What, how would you describe the sound of
2: Bob Mold? Uh, generally, a lot like this, <laughs> off the, which yeah. is which is a segue to it being a big return, right? But uh, it's always been very much a three-piece centric. Um, happy punk rock yeah like
1: raggedy edged sort of punk inspired alternative rock
2: yeah And uh, funnily enough more than just meat and potatoes though it, it, it oh, was yeah. always very well written and and deceivingly elaborate right right and, and, and Bob Mould his vocal style has shifted quite
1: a bit over the years as far as in the Husker Du days and actually I think I may have I'm not so familiar with Husky Dude, to be honest with you. I know I know they're they're a name that I hear all the time, but I, I actually only sat down to listen to them this week, um, just on the back of recovering this album. And the first record I listened to was uh, Zen Arcade, which I think was a dreadful choice of a place to start. It's pretty in there because it's it's yeah. it's so basic, like plug in a track '80s production, mm-hmm. and uh, the songs are very very hardcore inspired. Lots of screaming, fast bits, really really fast breakneck pace. Tough to sink your teeth into i would say whereas i know in candy apple gray they were had a much more a much more accessible poppy sound mm-hmm. and then uh, so let's say that was the more sort of rough around the end is bob mold and then going into workbook his first solo album in 1989 almost sounds like sort of a proto rem type sound like i think he's there's comparisons to be drawn with michael stipe from the vocal uh, yeah perspective.
2: yeah whatever whatever bounced off the uh the um artist of the day in his in his ears, you know whatever he was listening to, right, and Time. and
1: a huge amount of of, of folk alongside the the, yeah, the yeah. slightly more alternative rock orientated stuff on that um that album. So yeah, so he's he's done loads of different things. And then we talked about Sugar as well. Yeah, yeah, um, Sugar's an interesting one, which sort of sits somewhere in the middle.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 um not quite a midlife crisis of work. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say it, 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 the new albums are in a good way, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like Big just branching off with bold statements. Yeah, like
1: yeah. I I kind of think of Bob Mole's signature sound as being a melancholic happiness. Yeah. you know he's able to use major chords in a way that still makes you feel like you know it's it's a temporary happiness, which I, which I like and appreciate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, that, yeah, and so that brings us
2: to sunshine rock, which yeah. But first, we skipped one thing. Did we? Oh, sorry. Um, the th- Three or so albums he did from this decade, right, right, right. Um, which are very much like new era uh, Bob Mould record stuff. I, I've only heard Patch the Sky, um, but yeah, yeah. Well, that has the reoccurring uh, ensemble cast. Of, oh, okay. Of, of um, the musicians he plays with, sorry, Jason Narduzzi
1: and um, John Verster and uh, and sorry, and the Prague TV Orchestra. But they're obviously just here for this album. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 Jason and John would be the, the yeah
2: the two other members of the three piece. E- each each of those albums. Um, uh, Beauty and Ruin uh, was the middle one mm-hmm. and uh, Silver Age started with Silver Age right. which is kind of um, his return like like kind of a re- huge return of his sound because yeah because he's got 13 solo albums so yeah.
1: it, there's probably been yeah. eras within his own personal solo album yeah. as well
2: it was very experimental and rocky um, right. Beauty and Ruin was um, very fast almost two minutes, two minute length songs at points okay. it was not totally my cup of tea because he, he changed it up just before right and uh then Pass the Sky and this are kind of continuing off in a different yeah, different way. It's uh, interesting because I think what... the Passage the he- Sky is more sad, though. Yeah. This is not. <laughs> but,
1: well, yeah, it, it, it's not totally. for the most part and I, and no. I can totally understand... Not ge- overbearing. Right. The general gist and the headline for this album seems to be Bob Mould moves to brilliant and writes a load of... Like happy, sunshiny love songs, or not love songs, but sunshiny kind of happy, melodic rock songs, and there, you know, there's there's plenty of that on here. I think the title track, um, "Sunshine Rock," definitely
2: sunny love song. Again, there's a lot of sun in the in the in the yeah, titles wh- of the songs. Weather, wh- weather, um, poetic fallacy. Yes. Weather, um, mixing with emotions.
1: Well, yeah, but then at the same time, I think there's enough. There's there's definitely a lot of dour songs on this album. There's 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 there's, there's um, the somber moments there's kind of angry moments it, yeah. it doesn't it's not afraid to
2: like what what do you want me to do for instance what, yeah, yeah what do you
1: want me to do I think I, I, I Thought is a real sort of two and a half minute driven old school punk song um, and then there's there's two yeah. almost pop punk songs sorry not pop punk sorry post punk songs yeah. um,
2: Final Years and, and Lost Faith but it isn't in a "woe is me" sense. It's, no, it's, it's a "fuck it, let's keep going on" kind of sense. Oh is, yeah, which is what this album kind of feels like. But but
1: uh, but uh, what I'm the reason I say it, I bring that up is just because I think uh, it it, mm-hmm. it has more nuance and more sort of gradations to it than you might think mm-hmm. based on some of the press. Yeah, like especially this, later yeah, on in the album, it it's not just a melodic, sunshiny uh, pop rock album. There's actually much more to it than that, which is great. Yes um so yes yeah, so i think you've definitely got more experience with bob mold than me to be honest with you i feel like a real uh late addition to the bandwagon just purely because mm-hmm. the, before the lead up to this album which yeah. i think you kind of brought my attention to yeah I've,
2: I've been i've been a huge fan for quite a while i was
1: only familiar with copper blue by sugar and even then i probably only heard that for the first time maybe three or four months ago so uh, the fact that I just feel like I really haven't done my homework on Bob Mold, and I feel
2: very ashamed. You feel ashamed? I do. <laughs> yeah, I do because okay. he's cause he's excellent. Yeah, yeah. And you you hear his uh f- you hear his uh, footprints in tons of music. Um, Definitely. Foo Fighters at their best. Well, yeah. There's a lot of first album era yeah. Foo Fighters on this
1: on this uh, yeah. record as well. Definitely, especially on the 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 first track, "Sunshine Rock." Yeah. Could have you know could have been lifted straight off the the debut Foo Fighters yeah there have
2: been various moments where Dave Grohl has cameoed and Bob Mould has cameoed at either of their concerts and albums like um that's very cool what was the really good uh, Foo Fighters album Wasting Light he's on Wasting Light in in, um what's the song I can't remember what it's what it is Arlandria Arlandria yeah oh is it okay he's singing and doing guitar duties on that so yeah oh
1: wow no (laughs) way that's mad I'll have to listen back because I do love Wasting Light but again a name on paper means nothing if you don't know who they are so i probably would have just brushed over the fact that it was bob mold i just tapped the mic sorry everybody um but uh yeah this i mean this sort of um the touch points of what i would have heard in sugar things like a china drum are here in parts i would say i think 30 dozen roses has that really kind of raggedy fast paced almost hardcore inspired sound do you remember on yeah. the new Cloud Nothings record the way the songs were quite poppy but uh-huh. the drumming was really frantic, frantic and, yeah. and, and, and fast paced you get a lot of that on, on a couple especially. of tracks here yeah 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 um, and then some some hints to some weird
2: 80s 90s stuff yeah like, like with the final years which if if that's not a New Order's callback, I don't know what is.
1: Well, finally, years I, I I did a somewhat tongue and cheek tweet about this, but he oh, yeah. really sounds it sounds a lot like Editors, not just the music, but you know, he's kind of doing that thing that the guy yeah. from Editors does. Yeah, so we
2: just made <laughs> three decades worth of references in a few seconds. <laughs>
1: but no, it's, yeah. I, it's awesome. Hey, yeah, I, yeah. that is not a complaint. Like I'm a massive, massive Editors fan, so I have no problem with him going all all kinds of post punk um, on this album, which he does again on on Lost Faith. Uh, i lost faith in everything it's a great yeah. song yeah. The, then sin king i think just brings in a whole rake of other influences it does there's like you got your you got your bombastics sort the of 90s smashing pumpkins goo goo dolls power ballads or old rock power ballad type stuff but then also a little bit of sunday real estate teenage wrist trail of the dead Katara's, yeah uh- yeah with I wish the vocals were higher in the mix on that song it's the only problem I would love it otherwise though it does, some of the songs have that
2: no I wouldn't say issue but I would because it's Bob Mould's voice
1: Well yeah no it's not like but, it's you know, it's there it's just just maybe 2 or 3 decibels lower than it, I would like Is that
2: the level of the instruments? Yeah. That that's an issue if you want it to be. Sure. Um sometimes it isn't. Because he's got a great voice especially for a, a dude in his early 60s. I mean like you know, there's some albums that, like, Maynard um, has a great mm. voice, but he prefers to be at the guitars level. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. I hear you. Yeah. Um,
1: there's more sort of straight ahead hard rock slash grunge stuff as well, I think. Lose Faith? Um, to an extent? I, no, I would That's wouldn't. got a really cool
2: kind of butthole surfers.
1: You mean Camp Sunshine? Um... Uh, Plus, uh,
2: is I'm it stri- I fought? I think it maybe I fought.
1: No, I fought. I thought It's kind of a pretty angry, half screamed, like sort of Everclear style, like you know, punk inspired rock song. I think uh, very fast. I think that one of the sore sore thumbs, or not, not in a bad way, Camp Sunshine really sticks out because it's this sort of pavement meets bear in the big blue house uh, <laughs> like melodic. Okay. That's a weird uh, point. Sing l- a lot, sing song type. Um, yeah campfire song i guess yeah uh, about a fictional summer camp yeah it's very interesting <laughs> bizarre <laughs> where he like on the one hand talks about all these really sugary things like treat your friends with love and respect but then at the same time he's talking about kids dying and stuff it's, yeah. it's weird it's yeah. i like it though it's
2: reflecting the world i think yeah yeah you yeah, know, yeah. I, th- I think
1: it's intentionally sort of cheeseball mm-hmm. and, and tongue-in-cheek in that way yeah um but uh yeah but i think t- throughout there's really great instrumentation um mm-hmm. and there's a string section like i mentioned at the start that the prague tv orchestra do a great job of just injecting a lot of organic um flavor on top of, yeah. of the guitars and, and drum and bass and stuff which yeah. is great
2: it's very well balanced yes uh, despite some of the low vocals oh, yeah it is it is very well balanced and it, it sounds so lush yeah like sunshine rock uh, oh yeah! Just overall, like, is is a testament to how you write that kind of song. Definitely, you know how Oriam used to do it. Yep. Like just, oh, I love it! It's it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the it's that feeling to the nth degree. You know? I,
1: I I think I said it to my girlfriend. I was like, this is if '90s sitcom theme was a genre. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah <laughs> Especially yeah. in parts at mm-hmm. this at uh, this album. I think, yeah. What do you want me to? Well, do Well, like, it just
2: reminds me of Shiny Happy People. Yeah, but more rocky. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's uh,
1: it's 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 really really strong. I think there's only a couple of points where it's somewhat. I think yeah, when it, it does
2: some sharp turns. Yeah, like like when you just expect uh, "Sonia Love Song" and stuff like that. it, it yeah. does daring stuff. I'll give it that. It does. Um, it does.
1: Yeah, but I think for you know for a thirty-five minute album, it doesn't. I'd say it's welcome. It's. It, it does something slightly different with mm-hmm. every song sometimes wildly different yeah yeah and that that closer western sunset is just a real interesting proposition it is, I like it it is. it is it's so lush and bombastic it's almost it's a great way to to finish an album because it's, it's just it's got this
2: sort of pure 90s pop and it is I've had a the end feeling at the oh end. sure but yeah. this has a to be continued feeling
1: but uh, yeah very impressed I gotta say and I think this is as good an album as anybody could have asked Bob Mold for. Yeah, in four, into
2: 2019, four decades worth of music, yeah. mostly. Yeah, I think it's just about four decades, it's, which is nuts. It's
1: yeah, it's really really good. It draws from a lot of influences that I that I really really enjoy, and it does something all its own. Yeah, so no it, sign you know, of
2: slowing down, which is a cool. Prospect. Has
1: he ever? Does he come here? Has he ever played Dublin? No, no, I don't, I don't think so. He seems seems like one of those acts that could probably just tour around America. He forever.
2: could, he could. Um, I'd love to see him here in some some respect, acoustic or anything. Yeah, he sometimes does solo guitar shows, where it's just him and his distorted guitar playing. Oh, uh, like and he does it really well.
1: Okay, <laughs> well that's um, yeah, that's a uh, sunshine rock by Bob What Was your favorite song?
2: It is who am I kidding? It's, it's Sunshine Rock, dude. No, oh, yeah, that's a that's a wonderful but song. But You picked the other. Uh, well, I'm actually going to pick
1: Sin King, because okay, yeah, that yeah. is I'm just s- the type of song. It's my fetish. I love that um, really yearning, melancholy '90s sort of power ballad
2: style I song. Understand.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm super into it. I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. Eight. Yeah, I'm
2: going to give it. Yeah, eight. boy. Yeah, my second favorite of the, the new ones. Cool. Yeah. I, I, as I
1: say, I, I just Silver Age is my favorite. Dipped my toe into the uh, the Bob Marley back catalogue, so yeah, I'm so. I'm very excited to kind yeah. of Silver Age, Pastel Sky, those ones go for Pastel Sky. Really enjoyed i so I'll check out Silver Age as well. Okay, let's keep '80s week going with the new album from White Lies. It's called Five, and unsurprisingly, it is their fifth album. White Lies are from Dublin from Dublin. I wish they were from Dublin. They're from London. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're coming in Dublin. Yeah. I'm going 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 to see them. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, White Lies uh, burst onto the scene in 2008 with a few singles that did extremely well off their debut album. It's been a decade. Wow. Yes, yes. It has been. It's been a little over a decade since White Lies came into my life. Uh, They were big, big um, hits on the alternative music radio station at the time. uh, No, Phantom FM. Yeah, Phantom, Phantom FM here in Dublin and uh, that's kind of how I got into them and they sort of had the appearance of a buzz band in that sort of 2000s indie rock scene but mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. listening to the album and then kind of following them in the sort of four albums since they are anything but. They've kind of went from being the next big thing to just being a great band uh, which never ever got any more industry favors oh, yeah. beyond their first two singles um and what they do is a very sort of infectious blend of 80s synthesizers and sort of post-rock, post 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 rock and now I'm saying pop punk post punk uh guitars but done with a really gleaming gleaming glossy production um, and they they've kind of uh, and, and and plenty of pop elements as well, and, and sort of stadium courses and things like that. And they've mm. they've just uh, either dialed up or dialed down various sort of elements of their sound depending on what album you're listening to. So this is album number five. And uh, Dill, I I don't think you had much of a prior relationship
2: with this band, am la- I correct? In the last that? album and their first stuff, yeah, yeah. That's that's they're the Memory Touchstones. Okay. Um, yeah, Friends was really
1: excellent. It flew under the radar a little bit. The yeah. 2017 album.
2: Yeah, and I gave yep. and I gave everything else I listened to see um, the see uh, their path mm. so far, and it seems they're they're a kind of band that doesn't fully um, commit to the the uh, changes in kind of genre they're going for. They they kind of always have themselves like. Uh, ...from day one, if you get what I mean.
1: Yeah, I I, I think really White Lies are a band... I, I, ...I applaud that because they've had a very consistently White Lies sound... ...from day one until today. Yes. And they experiment within that, but... You know, and, and and there's something to be said for bands that that vary their sound wildly in different directions mm-hmm. over the years. And, you know, we, we've talked about loads of bands that have done that hugely with, with a great degree of success. But I do also think that there's something special about being incredibly surgically precise in doing one thing really, really well and then only kind of making minor variations within that. And that is, that is why it lies. It's just happened for me that one thing they do really really well happens to be something that i i enjoy quite a bit so um their discography to me is almost flawless the second album it it lost me just a tiny bit okay i would say like on average maybe one point less than the rest of their stuff but really apart from that i think they've got a pretty faultless discography and uh you know maybe no surprises here but i also very much enjoy this new album
2: okay what do you enjoy about it? <laughs>
1: um, well, I think I think as far as the things that White Lies do, I think they do actually push the envelope a bit further in many places on this album. I also think they and um, they commit to doing more uh, of the the ra- within their range on one album than they have before. So, like you take examples like the the opening track "Time to Give," that is their longest song by some distance and it kind of goes oh. into this swirling proggy sort of craft work circle of chords that lasts maybe sort of four minutes four and a half minutes in the middle and um, loads of loads of key changes and quite unusual for, for, for a band that's known for sort of three and a half minute four minute uh, basically pop songs it was
2: a welcome surprise Actually. yeah yeah
1: yeah mm-hmm. I, li- I like that and i think it kind of feeds into the theme of the song as well which is is about relationships that, that turn stale and it's about kind of falling into the same grooves and the grind uh year in year out so it, it kind of works on that sense and then elsewhere i you know they they ramp up the guitars to among the, the heaviest things they've done yeah heavy is a relative term when it comes to white lies but you know there's they, they've taken um uh, chris hughes i think is his name uh, sorry ed Bueller. Apologies, um, Ed Bueller who who produced the first album and uh, Big TV the third, yeah. and he so he really kind of knows, he 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 knows the intricacies of their sound enough to to know when turning up the guitars five percent is going to give just enough kick to really stand out, mm-hmm. and that you know they do that on tracks like Joe especially that last track Fire and Wings again it chugs and and guitar squeals and stuff like that is not something that I've come to expect from this band but, but it is there it's it's, but it's there. totally noticeable and high up and very well very yeah. well produced exactly actually. and then um, lastly i think it, it, they go as poppy as they've ever gotten as well in this album like Tokyo is just this souped up 80s power ballad it's really catchy it's really dancey
2: yeah i'd say i'd say uh that's more New Order than anything else I could have mentioned on this podcast so far. Actually, yeah, you know, or or um, you know, um, you know,
1: Never Alone, um, the <laughs> Doom 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 doom, doom, yeah. doom, like that is pure New Order, and they've even admitted that themselves. That Never Alone is is very is very reminiscent of New Order. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um,
2: I think I like this album. Um, at, at, at the points where it's more uh, just just overwhelming you with the synth yeah I quite like that mm. um, I think it could I, I'd rather prefer myself I'd prefer if it was if it was more synthy okay you know um, because I think they do more creative things with the synth elements in this than they do the guitar elements oh that's interesting okay uh, I think the guitar elements are pretty good but hmm it's catchy but uh, it's not my kind of catchy you okay. know but the synths are that's the thing I'm getting at yeah. Um and the vocals I've always had a problem with, but that's oh, just wow. me. Okay.
1: Um well th- to be fair, they're vocal I mean, you know, they vocals and synths are the two sort of most obvious elements of their yeah. sound, so you'd have to be fully on board with um Harry McVeigh's vocals yeah. to to fall in love with White Lies, but yeah, thankfully yeah. I you know, I, I think he sits in a genre yes. of people that are inspired fired by uh, Ian Curtis, while not aping him, I think it's pretty
2: close. It's 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 not brooding. It's not as brooding as he was. Yeah, but you Ian
1: know, Curtis was uh, almost kind of had this mumbly kind of. Yeah, rah- yeah. Rah- yeah. And I think I think it's, if it's it,
2: unrepeatable. Yeah, I don't think people should try and repeat it.
1: I would put um, I would definitely put Harry McVeigh more in, in line with the guy from vaccines rather than, than Tom Smith okay, from Editors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the dude from Editors definitely has more of a Joy Division uh, sort of bent to his voice because he he does have a slightly more dour delivery and like a more mumbled kind of delivery. Whereas I think Harry, he 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 really projects and broadcasts his voice, and it's 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 almost reminds me more of Morrissey or something. Like okay, that's it's close. That's it's, a good test. It's a cool. very over Ross uh, delivery more than yes, a, than, yes. than Ian Curtis's introverted kind of uh, closed delivery. Yeah, but um, it's, I think it's great. I, I think
2: I think psychologically for me, it stems from not liking Ian Curtis's voice oh, in, no any, in any segmentary way boo, at all. Boo! It just, <laughs> I just think it plods. I'm not going to butcher Ian Curtis Wee. on a podcast. I respect what he's done. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, I I, get but like I couldn't, get, I couldn't, I couldn't. Yeah, but, no I hear you. Without, you know, yeah.
1: And and the thing is Ian, yeah. Ian Curtis's voice in comparison to some, someone like Harry from mm. Wild Eyes, you know, it, it it was never as trained. You know, he mm. he was going for a much more off the cuff style that he, you know, it, it really came straight from the heart whereas I feel like he well he keeps it in a place. He never he never mm. got a chance to to do like vocal training and yeah, to go yeah. on tour for years to the point where you need to really hone your craft like the whole beauty of of ian curtis is that it was it was raw and real and ragged and and and, you know and that's not the the style that's that's being aimed for here and Mm. i don't think there's you know there's huge amount of comparisons but sonically yes i think over the overall sonic palette of joy division clearly has a massive influence on this band yeah like like
2: as the band is i don't have a problem with yeah i quite enjoy a lot of this actually good like like most of it <laughs> yeah, yeah. some yeah. of it I, I feel like I want to fast forward through it but it does enough later on in the songs to keep it interesting and right. it amps up quite nicely they're just well written songs which is mm. a good testament to even if you don't like the music you're gonna be listening to this yeah <laughs> like you know
1: see I, I also I do I agree with you I think there's a huge amount of, of musical variety on here more as I say more so than maybe some of their previous albums um, there's even little bits of sort of loungy jazz piano, which I really like. I like them. That I like kind those of bits. Come in. There's mm. some desert rock guitar, something they've never dabbled in before. Um, as I mentioned, the little nods to a sort of definitely a heavier, almost closer sort of a metal aesthetic on Fire and Wings. But um, but lyrically, I, I really love what the band do and, or what Harry does. I think uh, they have a great knack for, for a turn of phrase. Yeah, lyrics. I prefer my own vocals. That's that, that's there's yeah. there's there's the one yeah. up on that. Like um, that first song, you know, she turns to me and says what's there to talk about? Well, over 15 years we've talked about it all. I think that's great. There's a there's a line in denial, um where he says, four kids with the cap, might as well be called five. Yeah, you know, that's that's a Ooh. cute little very parochial <laughs> yeah. line. It is. Relatable. Um and uh, yeah, and I, I you know, for me it's, it is the whole package. Again, you know, am I always going to be in the mood for big bombastic 80s inspired pop? Uh, probably not always, but when I am, White Lies hits the spot like nothing else.
2: Um, for me, uh, spoilers, but uh Tears for Fears is always going to be that comfort food for me. Mm. Um, and of course that's a little bit more American centric. Um, well, Tears for Fears, I think, uh, you know, yeah, maybe maybe
1: from the musical perspective, but the
2: genre like, it's is more Americana uh of this 80s then while eyes i's, is yeah you well know, eyes i's, is very much english centric in it yeah and it's
1: well definitely tears um, tears, we'll discuss later tears for definitely kind of went off the rails into like holding hands around the world type stuff but i think on i think in definitely in the earlier days they, they did have that sort of you know a feet in the mud kind of English working class type vibe it just depends on where you sort of catch them yes. in a career but um, yeah no, there's there's no question that Tears for Fears also yeah. there's an element yeah. of that yeah, here they, on they, this they're, record
2: there's totally well I'd say more Duran Duran on this um, mm. like songs like uh, Believe It which is oh. oh fucking superb man yeah that's like there's um, that chorus
1: yeah, it's the chorus. Good stuff. It's really so good. Yeah, yeah, it, it's catchy as hell.
2: It's in my head. It's not leaving.
1: Yeah, but thing oh. about that is, uh, you know, part of the reason why I love and I like bands that do this in general. And we're actually going to discuss this a little bit with uh, Rotten Christ, but uh, <laughs> I love when bands can um, almost do like a 4K remaster of a previous style. When I mean, you watch a movie from like the 30s or something, I watched The Third Man recently, and they've done this incredible. Criterion or whatever they're called um, 4k remaster of that film and it's like seeing it in a whole new light i think taking the 80s aesthetic and and giving it a 2019 production to me is so sonically pleasing that's part of the reason i listen to music
2: yeah i would say this album uh, melodically is more like like the songs yeah um more than the recording yeah process is more 80s um 100%. Than the recording process F- yeah for like I think it—it's it, not. This album for me isn't quite as daring as those in the past, like the mm. seminal '80s ones. No, we will talk about and we've we've talked about like yeah. I, uh, the synths in this album don't surprise me too much. Mm. Um, which a small minus, but they they're very well implemented. Yeah. Um, they just no no real like ooh what the fuck is that. What, what kind of synth is that they're playing? I can't even comprehend. I can comprehend a lot of this. Yeah. You know? Well,
1: those moments mostly come courtesy of the guitars. Like when you know they'll do like a massive, just totally distorted and chopped and screwed, like bend on the guitar. Yeah, yeah. And those are the moments that surprise on this album because they're going for a more guitar centric sound. But I agree. I appreciate that part yeah. as well. I think I just, yeah, I don't know. There's something about albums that where i i I have a lot of time for albums that really give a lot of like a lot sonically and maybe i think i give more weight to that personally rather than i love great songs great writing obviously is great but then i think there's an extra mile of something just sounding exactly the way it should be and i think this just sounds brilliant so yeah
2: yeah Yeah. it's it's sublimely radio rock friendly yeah um (laughs) like consider that a plus or minus To whatever you want your mileage may vary Uh, yeah yeah for me it's 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 a little bit less appealing like songs like Tokyo are like (sighs) are are a little skippable but yeah but do you not uh, I I understand
1: yeah like I do get I get what you mean in terms of like it is it is very very cheesy bombastic 80s power ballad but then in the in the verses you've got this weird creepy synth choir uh, no, as I, and, and, and the t- the tonality of the verse is yeah. so dark
2: and no I, I do I, mean, am, weird. I do appreciate the <laughs> creepy elements which mm. they're around they're totally yeah. around like me and Finish Line like yeah. they're there yeah they are there um,
1: yeah Finish Line is another one that plays with, uh, plays with chords in an interesting way but
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm glad I'm, I'm I'm glad you definitely took took some stuff from this I, away that you enjoyed. Yeah,
2: I did take some stuff. Yeah, like yeah. it's not totally for me. Yeah. Um it should be. You know Given it, you, what we're you, probably you, gonna talk about yeah, later. Yeah, you know the stuff I really, really dig, but but uh, I wish it went um I wish they really um uh just jumped off the wagon in in a mm. in a pool of confetti weirdness. <laughs> I I don't know how to explain it, but yeah. like what I get from, uh, like do you, do you, do you remember the Amanda Palmer album we Weco- Reco- covered? Yeah, yes. that had a lot of just total oddity oddities from taken from like different parts of the eighties. Um, I I want to mm. hear this band do, um, not such a I don't want to call it one dimensional, but they're keeping on a path, you know. Yeah, you I know? mean,
1: you know, you never know because this this feels like at the same what at the same time a career retrospective and. A, a push in a slightly new direction. So, I mean, really, I think the next album will be something, one way or the other, it'll be something totally different.
2: Yeah, I want to hear something mad, you know.
1: So, because, you know, the, like, it, it's a bit like the Foles thing where it's, you know, you do, you explore different elements of a sound and then on, like, the four, third or fourth album, you, co- you you sort of coagulate them all together and now, you know, it's it's sort of time to... To maybe move into a new phase, but I'm super happy with this. And uh, my favorite track that is so so hard to pick. I yeah, think I'm I'll gonna go this serious. week. I think it is You've
2: got ten weeks worth oh, of songs. Oh, oh, uh, you go first. Uh, it's it's believe it because the chorus is incredible. Yeah, it's, it's all kind of christmasy in a weird way it's i don't know if that it makes no, sense you're, no but, you're, it is yeah, kind of christmasy like, lovely warm wintry <laughs> feelings which i like
1: i'm gonna go denial because it has two great choruses <laughs> okay that when that yeah. it is a kind of heat when that kicks in i'm like yeah. oh my god how did they do it twice i quite like that song yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. so that's uh yeah so that's five by white lies it's a nine for me it's
2: it's a seven for me cool beans
1: you know yeah yeah <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm into those scores. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so check it out. All right, next up, we are moving oh, okay. away briefly from our 80s theme to uh, take a, a trip across, I don't know, what ocean do you travel across to get to Japan?
2: Whatever's cheaper okay. this time of year. You I, know. Yeah,
1: let's just call it the Pacific. Yeah. Um, to, to talk about Polkadot Stingray. Uh,
2: third time third in our two the years of podcast.
1: Will third time be the charm?
0: That's the question. <laughs> uh, yeah um,
2: Okay, no, no Here, here We've given it three lessons And one of them Two prefixes Was A lot of the songs Featured on this Or not? maybe not a lot But Four of four of the songs yeah. on that EP. Here's,
1: you see, that's the thing is the, the release. It's a ja- very Japanese thing to do. It is, it is. It's like it's you know? like when the second series of or when the second uh, Ghost in the Shell film was in a parallel universe where everything was the same but the cars were like done in the 1950s style.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's like no, 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 it's a new universe, but everybody remembers everything from the other universe, but the cars look different. It's like okay. I, I'm not even going to try and begin to understand that so what Polkadot we have yeah. done on this album is it's called Ecstasy or that's a rough translation I believe it is the title um don't worry, I've got my translations. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Dylan's got his translations. So, uh, yeah. So, th- basically, this this album seems to encompass uh, four out of the five tracks of their 2018 EP. Uh, so, what I did, just to cut down on listening time, is since we already reviewed that, I just pulled those tracks out of the the, tr- the track listing, and re- I'm, I'm going to be reviewing the sort of 42-odd minutes of new music on
2: y- Ecstasy. Yeah, and you get it. Like, you can make the connections, and I'll make the connections as well, of course. Yeah. Um I, I uh how do you think this is? Uh did was were our predictions right that they were were going to do something quite different or I can't remember what we said. I I'm not 100% sure cuz I
1: think to be honest with you I think I would rather not to not to throw it right back at you but I okay. think yeah, I would no, I, mean, I think I would rather hear your thoughts first. Okay. Cuz I think we have something of a potted history of me um, kind of reviewing, particularly this band, but also, you know, some other bands in the, I don't want to say J rock space, but in, in the sort of more poppy Japanese alternative rock space. Yeah. So why don't, why don't you just give me the, the, the headlines on this particular album first, and I'll use that to contextualize my opinion.
2: Okay. I think this is more of a, um, more has more surfer rock elements in a jazzy kind of way okay very jazzy pop punk sense um it it does a lot of weird things like this is the kind of band that yeah much like white lies incorporates tiny different things from different genres Mm -hmm. and gets them in the melting pot um whether they are different instrument techniques um especially with the bass i hear on this album Mm -hmm. out of out of most things um there's various different vocal stylings. Um, that is true. Yeah.
1: Jeez, uh, I'm trying to... Hmm. Well, musically, like, we're sitting somewhere between funk rock, pop, alternative rock, like little dashes of sort of blues and little sprinklings of jazz. Yes. Um, and then at points, almost sort of a show tune type aesthetic. Yeah, show... Like... Kind um, of- yeah. La- loungy rap. There's a point. little the 90s you R&B know? as well. It, yeah. it, it 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 sort of flits depending on the song. Yeah. And there's there's one song that is pure J-pop. Yeah, yeah
2: there is. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it is, but uh, it's seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, but this album does a lot of surprising things. Mm. Thankfully, um, I thought it was just gonna, you know, it could go either way with bands that do things just frequently. Mm. Like they could, they could either do the same stuff again and again. Or they could keep on throwing more stuff, more new influences <laughs> into Melting Bottom. I yeah. think this this album d- definitely reaches for, for higher, higher stuff. Um, it, yeah. I don't know if it always catches it. Um, I think it, it's a little bit sporadic at points. Um, but I think what they do is really exciting on this. The
1: experiments um, definitely stick out in comparison to the like the more sort of album tracks as far as uh, there is kind of the rap
2: song the j-pop song well the, the rap i mean to say the rap song the kind of kind of lounge rap song is quite a highlight okay but that's the, yeah it's very lounge show tune rap which is really cool she has one hell of a flow actually um which yeah. is awesome yeah
1: <laughs> it's hard to yeah I, and and then I, yeah and then there's kind of this sort of fiddle hoedown type song towards the end yeah, yeah I, I um positives i think you know it, it's um
2: gloriously happy happy go lucky album. it is <laughs> that, it is that's very fun in elements i think okay you know.
1: occasionally the the guitarist does show a very um strong knowledge of what he's paying tribute to as far as like that first song um, De, uh, den has really a really fantastic um high octane driven sort of uh, ascending funk lick that's that's quite fun and it kind of yeah, plays throughout the whole song it's
2: quite seamless with mm. the bass like the bass is nuts because like the, oh my yeah. god the bass it, that is the one with the
1: yeah it's sort of constant counterpoint of yeah. like the guitar going up and the bass going down and down. yeah that one. That one's super catchy um, it reminded got, me yeah. of old
2: motown but like lightning fast
1: yeah oh. yeah
2: right like like played it at twice the speed
1: yeah and then and then there's <laughs> a lo- a very nicely produced proper driven guitar solo um towards the end of that song which which is a nice surprise um you because know, it, it i i i it comes out of nowhere but it does feel earned yeah uh, and, and it's it's a real satisfying and there's some, some yeah. other guitar work as well there's almost this this solo that kind of reminds me of a doorbell on um I think it's a half talk, the second to last or maybe third to last song, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. which 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 has a much more laid back feel. But then yeah, this there's, is there's a lovely, is like kind of a laid back, yeah, almost sort of Strawberry Girls ask, uh, radiant. I think yeah, yeah yeah. No. Sorry, it could be that one. Um, yeah, really so, dreamy
2: as well. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. I love those elements in this album. And then uh, the, when the f- it gets to that point,
1: first half of, uh, I think it is. Love Call um, yeah, is just lovely. And it's really wispy and light and airy uh, kind of alternative rock stuff that I'm totally on board with. My, my issue is I think it does fly a little too close to the sun, particularly from the vocal perspective. Um, uh, Shizuku, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, yeah. is the singer. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think this, some of the stuff that she attempts in this album is A, not well-suited to her voice, um, and B, maybe... is is maybe an artistic choice that, for me, doesn't quite come off. I think she is at her absolute best doing something that doesn't feature all that often on this album, which is uh, pulled-back, wispy, breathy, melodic vocals. Yeah, that stuff is lovely. That, there's, a, there's, a bit, there's a bit of that on here, and I think when she does it, it really, really works. When she's sounds quite vulnerable and uh and 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 it is it's less it's a calmer delivery right but then it seems to be what's needed for this band is somebody that can can belt and hit really high notes and do these long sustained notes and and do all sorts of techniques that i i think she's not well suited for
2: for me uh that would, that would be more like definitely tricot element sure is to really reach those mm. those belts um it's not totally her style in this like she's more of the pop vocalist than yeah. than, um, than a straight up rock
0: yeah hard rock vocalist and Trico tri-
2: has a bit more of that you know it actually yeah. it's
1: like there's moments on this album that I, I found probably partly due to the production because the vocals are way way up in the mix you know you can hear every little last vibration of the vocal Yeah, so it's 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 yeah. And I hate to shoot. It's shit pretty nice th- at points, actually. Yeah, uh, when it's when it works, it works. Yeah. But I think more often than not, I just I, I re- you can really really hear her straining, and there's moments I think I, I think I do
2: like a lot of those straining elements at okay. points. Like uh, uh, some of them, I'm like, okay, it seems like you're trying to reach a point mm. that you you are getting. Like like she she can get those notes, but like yeah. it's it's her voice kind of gets stuck there. You know, and and it's hard to come down from that. I know a lot of vocalists who do right. that. But um, like,
1: her voice, it kind of cracks and wobbles. And I l- I l-
2: I, l- I love that. It's, it's, yeah, I it's, suppose it's, it depends. It's it's, it's it's not you know it's not super polished shit, mm. which it could easily be because this is absolutely like this is top of the charts at the moment. Yeah, it's pretty fucking. It's like four something. It's it's pretty close in Tower Records. Wow. Um. Well, Japan, Japan. Tower. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's
1: yeah, I I just it, It's to Yeah. I I don't know. I I, I It's apples
2: and oranges like it's, it it's, is, wh- it's yeah. whatever you prefer. Um I, sure. I I like it. I like don't like all of it. Mm. Um but like a lot of it, you know. You know, I I think
1: put it this way, there's less on this album to make me think that Polka dot stingray is really worth continuous coverage. I know that sounds so harsh, but I, I really, oh no, it's fine. We can talk about it, of course. I, I, you know, I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready and willing to be proven, you know, wrong or not to be proven
2: wrong, but to be sort of convinced of them. But this yeah. album, it well, doesn't do it, it for that, me. it's the downside of bands that are, um, yeah, frequently releasing stuff. You know,
1: yeah, that that can be that can be true. That yeah. can be true. You can you can get too much of a too much of something. But I just, it's it's really it's not for me. And that's not necessarily to say that I can I can't listen to something and say. Mm. It's not for me, but I can see that it's of a really, really high quality or or for something to not be for me and then to kind of get convinced of it. Yeah, there's moments in this where I, I'm kind of getting the mix of it. Like that first song is great.
2: And then I like the horns on the last track. I like the second song. Quite um, a bit. That reminds me of Sonic Adventure out of all things. Yeah. <laughs> especially the, the guitar. It's just yeah, nice and summery. Um,
1: but as a general yeah. rule on this, A, because I do find the vocals... Mm, Seventy percent of the time,
2: super grating. Thirty uh, percent of the time, cool. I I'm polar opposite. That's great. I, I I don't know. Her voice is not grating. Yeah, her voice is. It, I don't think it's. I don't think it's grating. Yeah, I find um, it, I
1: find it super distracting. And like, actually, one thing as well. This and this could be teetering into.
2: I think it's distracting in a very very good way <laughs> like yeah, yeah. like uh, <laughs> I'm swooning every second kind of way but um, if
1: she stayed in that mode of the, the, of the stuff that I like but I, I just I find it really insistent and I I just I'm not a big fan but there's a word that she says all the time and it's so distracting and I think it means I Watashi but uh, it can be yeah but Like I've never It's that's never I've never had this phenomenon Listening to English Or music in a different language Where like I'm hearing the same It's actually
2: pretty frequent In in Japanese Yeah Yeah. No it's more so but Lyrically, guess, Japanese. I've then listened spoken. to a lot.
1: I feel like I've listened to a lot of Japanese. I just felt like she was saying watashi like three times a minute. I, I just found it super so distracting. <laughs> but that might be because of my other issues with the music. I was kind of like yeah. meandering in my brain. But yeah, I don't know. Just I looked it yeah. up, and apparently, it's 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 pretty common to omit that word.
2: Yes. In in speech. Yes, you you might be annoyed by the word i in english if you're a polar yeah, opposite I how much that's uttered
1: maybe in english maybe maybe it's the fact that it's a such a common word and b it's so long for what
2: it is a, a lot of like japanese speaking and like out of song right. doesn't require that yeah you, okay you, you say like oh my or just yeah other stuff you don't usually um use like you, you just kind of is it like its like a o- it's obvious It's obvious that it is you or I, if you're speaking, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I just I don't know why that jumped out at me, but every time I listened to it, there'd be like a couple of you know songs. I'd be like, Watashi, 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 Watashi. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I had to, I just because that, that genuinely did kind of uh, come up quite a bit when I was listening to it, but you know, that being said, Sing right um, it, it,
2: it ain't for me, but it may be for you,
1: and it, I think it's, it's close, it's, yeah, it's for you too, it's, right? It's
2: it's it's kind of on par with the last one you know no it it does i think i preferred the last one it peppers in a lot of cool stuff um i'll have to go back actually i think Um, i think i preferred from
1: memory i think i preferred the last one because the last one definitely sat more in that guitar hero zone but then they branched out into more indie rock and alternative as i said as i said i
2: really dig kind of the surfer rock guitar in this and the vibes and yeah i i like just a lot of the weird stuff, as but well. I think
1: half—I think probably about half of the album is experiments, which, which depends, which really hinges on you either thinking it's an it's a failed experiment or a successful experiment. Like you have to be, yeah. you, you know, you can't just sit into a groove of uh yeah. of, of every song being in a similar palette it's like you have they're like here's the rap song now do you like it or don't you here's the J-pop song well, it's not do you like to- it or don't you it's, it's it's more so a kind of
2: rapped segment <laughs> it, of a verse here's, like
1: here's the bluesy french piano yeah. bar jazz song you know it's it, like they 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 take more
2: risks which obviously means that if yeah, like, it doesn't pay off for you it's i, I really yeah. enjoy like the horn sections that come in like like a lot of that is kind of not quite ska but but it's it's kind yeah of, it's, I don't know what. That, it, is. it Almost it's,
1: gives me that. You know the theme to Evangelion. done uh, that last track. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's got a little bit of that.
2: I'm sure one of them is a huge Eva, Eva fan. <laughs> I think um, it seems
1: like it's like a national requirement. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but I love like like Good. from from a fan, from a real fan. Yeah. Um, I, I love the waves that this kind of music is making in a in a chart topping industry. You know. No. Yeah. Like, I you know. I, I don't hear this anywhere else, really. I, I like yeah. I, it. Anywhere else on the planet is kind of an abandoned um, genre, you know. Mm. They're going, they're, you know. Yeah, I uh, full full band stuff,
0: you know.
1: I hear no, no. I, I hear you. I hear you. It's 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 just not for me. Yeah. Um, it's just this this one isn't for me. The the other ones I could probably have made a call on one way or the other and sort of uh, padded maybe a little bit around the issue, but no. I I unfortunately this um. This might be where I <laughs> check out yeah. on Polka Dot Stingray. But that being said, don't don't stop bringing bands. I know ne- next time we're going to have a couple of more bands from the east um, oh, yeah. on the show because I you know I, I think there will come the day where you'll be pleasantly surprised by my reaction. Yeah, uh, but I just think Polka Dot Stingray were at a disadvantage from the start because the type of music they play isn't usually the type of thing I go for.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's it's kind of like White Lies for me.
1: Yeah, I think right, the polar right, opposite. Right, right, right.
2: Um, but I think this band—I don't know—I don't know—I I really like um, the variety, the okay. variety in this. You know, great. It's just fun. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um your fa- do you have a favorite track? Favorite track for me is probably mixed between Pandora's Box. Oh. Or Pandora's <laughs> Boxu.
1: That was the one that was on the uh,
2: EP. Yeah, yeah. I love that one. Okay. I, lo- I love the EP tracks on this. I think they, uh, as a end part. I love how they gel together. Great. Um Do you have a favorite of, of the new bunch? Uh yeah, probably uh Remy. Okay. Um They that's... have kind of rappy one, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, sorry, uh back uh, number 5, Bakemo the Darake The
1: house of Was it The Town Full of
2: Blues or something? Yeah, the the kind of rappy one. Yeah, okay. I, I really love that. Um
0: cool. Yeah,
2: not too showboaty. Hmm. Um which most Japanese pop music absolutely is. So that's why I kind of like like this thrown in there sure uh, I'm going to give this a
1: seven alright uh, Denko Seka is my favourite song I do genuinely which that again I, I enjoy it as much as I enjoyed. Oh, first one sorry yeah. Dance Like a Robot or uh, what's that song I think it was something about disco Anyway, the song from the Time Splitter soundtrack that it reminded me of and that's always a good thing yeah And uh, that was good I'm going to break your heart and give it a four L- okay. yeah sorry I think it's better than that I don't um, <laughs> yeah.
2: well it's not poor
1: yeah it's I. It just. It's really, really, really not for me. Um. So that's a seven from Dylan, a four from me for Ecstasy by Polkadot Stingray. Uh. The next track and the next track, the next album we're going to talk about is our final new release of the week and a complete handbrake turn from where we've just been. Uh. It's a band from Greece called and Christ. Yeah. They have been making noise since 1987. Jesus yeah I know it's it's a- Christ I- rather yeah yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it, they've been headed by the uh, Tolis brothers Sakis Tolis and Temis Tolis actually they could be cousins I'm not sure um, on, on lead vocals rhythm guitar keyboards and then Tennis plays drums and at the moment their current lineup includes George Emanuel on lead guitar and Evangelos Karsis on bass and uh, contrary to their name I think their name conjures up the heaviest of the possibly heavy grindcore death wall of sound mm. uh, type metal that you know you'd think maybe comes as a stereotype with the the sort of name that Rodden Christ have whereas in reality that's not necessarily the case isn't that right Dill
2: uh, yeah Uh, we've covered them before of course did we, we- did we cover Do What That Wilt on the show in Album Club yeah yes we yes. did I
1: was wondering had we yeah yeah yeah,
2: yeah. We sort of sounds like the most like unexpected uh, mm. reveals <laughs> yeah <laughs> underneath the curtain yeah um <laughs> but, i was trying to remember yeah. did
1: we did we had we covered it before but we have of course yeah, yeah, yes yeah. yes and i think that album do what they will set the standard for modern day rotting christ and um, the 2016 album rituals was a good follow-up but maybe didn't quite capture all of the magic um of that that album from 2014 and uh, now we come we arrive at the heretics <laughs> where they're yeah. making absolutely no bones about their
2: sort of no. satanic leanings. No, no, no. Yeah, album cover um made, made me chuckle a bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What oh. is it?
1: It's like a dude getting strung up for being a heretic or something.
2: Yeah, and then there's just, you know, a rotting Christ in the corner going like, "Ooh, what is that?" <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he's kind of there in the right corner if he This is Let's just have a little look see. It's very funny. Oh, there he I'm is. Like, oh,
1: that, that is that is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To just me,
2: he looks like the um bits of the flesh. poorly drawn uh Jesus mur- mural that was drawn oh, on a Mexican church? A little bit, That yeah. meme that's going around? I do, I do, I do. Mo- Monkey Jesus. Not a racist thing. No, yeah. it's not. Um, it just looks like a, a kind of a puppet. I a wax candle version of... Remember it, fondly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And this band has come under fire from, po- you know, from politicians in the US. They've been banned shows. Who have from no life.
2: And- <laughs> like...
1: Yeah. Fucking- and if you actually listen to oh. the band, it's it's interesting because they're a lot poppier than you might think. Uh, they blend what's now known as sort of classic greek black metal which is yeah. a funny thing just look yeah. at
2: their visual imagery as yeah. a band and they are they are
1: uh, you know avia- yeah. aviators and leather and um, there's, there's elements mm. of symphonic metal pa- folk there's some greek folk music in the mix and um, a little bit of industrial parametal doom metal and uh, and as i say generous lashings of pop be it in the the guitar licks the guitar or, licks yeah or or the mm-hmm. rhythm of the vocals or occasionally the you know the, the sort of melodic vocals that come in make those this is definitely metal music and um, yes. with i would say like 75 percent screened vocals but uh, i think the production is polished enough and they've been self-producing since 2004 the, wow. pr- the production is polished enough clean and clear enough that you can hear everything that's going on perfectly yeah um, and they're not in, they're they, they're not trying to make as much noise in a single second as they possibly can. They really do spread it out across the uh, they,
2: they the do, entire album. They do. It's like, hey, you don't need vocals for another few minutes, do you? Well, yeah. I'll just. Does he play guitar? I assume the lead singer plays. Yeah, guitar. he does rhythm. Uh, yeah, so he's not just standing there. He's busy oh, yeah. creating the atmosphere. You get like, and, and not totally going like, here's fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: it's
2: not totally there which I really really think is an interesting approach to this kind of music which like like I'm on a marth which I'm not too into Um, they're uh, they're very reliant on the vocals being ever ever present present. yeah
1: Yeah. no no that's not Rod in Christ and they they do they do have a lot of sort of vocal window dressing that isn't actually um, Sakis screaming Mm -hmm. like There's plenty of spoken word sections on this. You know, your typical sort of, uh, I have no God, I have no church, I am a man of my own making. These kind of, you know, uh, spoken word sections. There's loads. They absolutely love doing um, sort of old... Chant like old school sort of monk style chants. Yes. They they you know <laughs> they do loads of that. They've mm. done that for the last few albums. Um, you know there's 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 plenty going on from a vocal perspective that isn't necessarily just lead vocal, uh, yeah. which is cool. Yeah, uh, they kind of have two or three different types of songs, and they sort of switch between
2: them. They do. Uh, that's my cat meowing as I think. Uh, that's <laughs> what's going on in my head. Yep. Uh, I think. I don't, off the bat, I don't think um this uh, is as experimental as the do what they wilt the one yeah the one we covered yep. last yeah I think it's it's more kind of going for a straight more straightforward thing yeah as far as this band can pull it right you know. Um, which is still being weird, <laughs> like it 's still being weird in the genre yeah this this um, this feels like
1: a much more focused attack on, Christ- on because, Christianity in general, yeah, uh, like every song has yeah. has a similar theme it 's a little more
2: trite, uh, I will admit, uh, not to my liking as much okay, I liked how how the other one surprised me so mm. much. This one did not surprise me as much okay um i haven 't listened to the album in a while, so i can 't really make comparisons directly. Mm but it just automatically felt more straightforward, you know?
1: Yeah, I think it is, but then at the same time, they do go into different, like the other one was, was blindingly consistent in like every song was a banger. Yes. Um, That's there, but there wasn't maybe quite as much variety within the album. They just did a couple of things really, really well. Whereas on this one, you've got like uh, the songs, you know, there's the more sort of traditional rotting cry songs, like the three singles, uh, fire, God and fear, uh, Heaven, Hell and Fire <laughs> and The Raven. Those, those all follow that kind of yeah, like, yeah. you know, like sort of a groovy a drum beat with a, with a catchy guitar lead yeah. and some screaming. Then but, you get
2: like yeah. something, there's a total flip flip to that coin, which yeah, is like exactly. the voice of the universe. It's yes. like a kind of a space death metal, <laughs> <laughs> if that makes any sense. Almost, yeah, mm-hmm. almost. It's very expansive and environmentally... Metally, and that know.
1: has that has like a real mechanical churn as well like the, yes. the guitars are just so consistently it Reminded me a lot of Judas pummeling. Pummeling.
2: Reminded me of Judas Priest at their best heavy yeah you know at their best heavy. with like tempo a heavy.
1: sprinkling of fear factory or something oh yeah which is something you just don't you know you generally don't get in stuff that's black metal centric i i kind of like that there's also a sort of a an, an interlude style track on this called um i believe oh, which yeah. is i believe uh, which is um which definitely brings back the more traditional black metal but also the folk influence which has been dialed back on the recent releases and and, and as I think it's Sakis speaking Greek which is nice. Yeah, that was cool. You know, because Very it's nice. his native tongue and I think Do What They Wilt was mostly in Greek or some of it was in Latin as well um, and, you know... It, I don't have an issue with it, but their English is really, really heavily accented. It is. So I I like when they, when they use uh, the Greek language as well, because obviously it comes off more naturally. I think heaven and hell and fire is, is the example, isn't it? It's yeah. like, and <laughs> <laughs> but uh no I mean and, and, and it's it, generally speaking it's, it's fine but I just do, do find it a little fucking,
2: funny. he spit Robin's arrow in twain yeah,
0: yeah. That sounds like that but, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> no 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 it's it's fine but they they had uh, they had shied away from a totally English language delivery on in the previous few albums so um yeah but actually <laughs> funnily mm. enough the, the the moment where it really counts is oh, yeah. the Raven the last track and they and they nail it
2: the last track sons of hell
1: is not they're not included i think you're on the bonus edition am my i yeah oh
2: well i was listening to that all the good way Good for through. you
1: i'm interested to hear what those bonus tracks were like fucking brilliant were they good this is a two-parter song okay so
2: it's, it, it it um i think it ends the album better okay. now in hindsight but i don't know yeah. am i might i might make, I'm make, I'm make I'm your I'll, choice
1: i'll check them out as a standalone single in my brain but no the raven ends the standard edition of the album and uh Edgar Allan Poe has never sounded so badass no, no. I genuinely that song gives me goosebumps is just a guy reading it's some some of the you know the lyrics is Sack is talking about like I am from the holy empire but then there's a dude and I don't know who it is I don't know if it's him or if it's somebody else but there's somebody reading the lyrics or the lyrics the lines to The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe you know all this uh there's a, you know, a knocking at my chamber door and all Nevermore. this. Nevermore. Nevermore. Yeah. Yeah. Made <laughs> famous by the Simpsons. And it wow, would okay. take a pretty badass song to, to overcome my Simpsons based knowledge of that poem. And it really does. I think it's, I think it's fucking great. Yes. I think it's one of their best songs, the Raven.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely surprised me more than the album <laughs> yeah yeah and that's not a criticism against the album at all it just it just made me jump i was like holy shit yeah is this band's still as good as i remember absolutely yeah.
1: yeah yeah and there's you know like what is here is usually as good as Ron and christ tend to be and there's moments that are elevated above the solo on fire god and fear just genius you know it starts off as like a typical catchy Guitar wah solo and then yes. reinforcements, harmonized guitars on the left and right. Amazing. And the whole thing just explodes into a, a very fast picked, uh, almost sort of tremolo section. Yeah. Brilliant. So I think, as far as *Rotting Christ goes, is this their best album? Eh, no. It's still Do What Thou Willed for me. Yeah. But does it do everything it needs to do well yes and then there's other moments that elevate it above say rituals for example so I'm I'm very happy (laughs) yeah it's
2: it's the best in a while yeah yeah
1: yeah Uh, and it's it's just it just scratches that satanic itch
2: yeah. Oh yeah, I know the one. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's nothing quite, there's nothing quite up there with "Grandis Spiritus Diabolos," which is just the most fun thing to sort of scream yeah, <laughs> on on that other. Like, but it, yeah,
2: it's it's not quite as campy as, let's say, Lords of the Lost. No, you know, with, with Thorna. Oh, I forgot the album. Thornstar. Thornstar. Yeah. yeah. No, you see that's but it's, a, yeah. it's the same tongue in cheek element, but not as not as clearly uh, stated.
1: Yeah, I think Riding <laughs> like, Christ have have pulled off the crime of the century as far as the playing the music they play but they do it and and, and as poppy and as occasionally sort of seemingly tongue-in-cheek as it is but they they're able to they're totally legit underground metal heroes because their artwork is so consistently Contrary, you know grungy and evil yeah. and serious and they're you know and they do genuinely believe like they they don't believe in satanism or whatever but I they, mean, they anyway. genuinely believe that christianity is like a poison and um, so so i i think they've almost trojan horsed in this actually super poppy and accessible
2: it's
0: funny. music into
1: funny. the metal uh the, the sort of death metal underground
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think that's awesome yeah i'm i'm so happy that running crisis exists. you go back they've been doing they've been doing a pretty similar thing for the last like 30 years and I've no issue with that at all yeah that's fun that's (laughs) funny. you know (laughs) like go back and listen to Non Serviam their first record it's not it's not a it's not hugely different from this yeah but this what I was just to go back to the point I was making earlier about um white lies doing a 4k remaster of the 80s well well this is a 4k remaster of rotting christ it kind of is because they've been doing this since the early 90s and you can yeah. hear that wind turbo or that wind tunnel guitar tone and really thin drums and all those mm-hmm. trappings of early 90s metal and they're still kind of doing a similar style musically but now it's in technicolor production you know yeah
2: it feels it and they uh, do it justice yeah. you know
1: yeah, super catchy. Yeah, yeah super cool. If you ever if you um, ever wanted to dip your toe into metal, just to see what's what's happening, definitely <laughs> just just have a little listen to like Heaven and Hell and Fire or Fire God and Fear because yeah. they're just fun. They really, really are. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. satanic um, fun. <laughs>
2: honestly, yeah. What was uh, your favorite track? It is oh god, uh, uh probably Voice of the Universe. Oh, that's a good. Song. Absolutely that. Yeah, yeah. This is The guitar I got me rolling. <sighs> oh, I think.
1: I think I'm gonna go with "Fire, God, and Fear." Yes, yeah, it's a great song. Um, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Ah, uh,
2: oh, geez, uh, seven for me. I cool.
0: think it's seven for me. Yeah,
2: that's totally yeah, fun. yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Um, but yeah, but I mean, for a band on their thirteenth album, that's that's a very good report card. Um, yeah, Rodding Christ still justifying their place in the music scene. I think.
2: Yeah, it's not as like. I love that album we talked about so much. Oh, that yeah. I was I was hoping for that again.
1: <laughs> oh no, no no, like to do what they will. That's a ten out of ten. Like that that yeah. album is I, I still the standard that. bearer. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's still the standard bearer. But I think I think the Heretics is a very worthy yeah, it's, addition.
2: It's just my bias controlling that yeah. rating. So
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know, because you have to you you have to make a bold leap away from a particular sound to for people not to draw those comparisons and you know they haven't made a bold leap away from that sound so you can very you can be quite fair in drawing comparisons to that album but it's still great so that's all of the new releases for the week quite a i think people probably have musical whiplash after that so let's uh, let's go back to 80s week because i'm an 80s freak uh this is (laughs) tears for fears song from the big chair songs from the big chair Mm -hmm. um They're, it's the the it's a duo comprised of Roland Orzabal and probably butchering that because it's a Spanish name. Yes. Um, and nice. and uh, Kurt Smith. Not a, a Spanish name. Not a Spanish name. But both of them from Bath in England. Yes. Um, and they brought along Ian Stanley and Manny Elias for the ride. Uh, although I believe the duo is really kind of a duo. It's just the two guys on the front cover. They write all the songs.
2: Yeah. Uh, it has. Been for quite a while and it still still is in a way yeah but they have just a beautiful cast of, of featured artists who they always get yeah around exactly.
1: so uh, so Songs in the Big Chair was a reaction to 1983's The Hurting um, which was Goth Wave a, yeah yeah very Depeche Mode esque yeah zeitgeist
2: totally zeitgeisty um, um, as far as as but, far
1: as mainstream t- chart topping uh Pop albums go one of the darkest I'd I'd heard. It yeah, d- it draws from really really tough childhood experiences. It 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 it, it, it focused a lot on uh, primal therapy and and you know childhood trauma and stuff. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's what this band does well. Yeah, you know you know they they, they they're not afraid. To, no. to to get really kind of kind of not not like the cure kind of emo about it, but they're they're yeah. kind of a thinking man's. Uh, Duran Duran in a way
1: well sure I think, and, and I think I mean I was almost surprised by the the sheer sort of metalness of the titles of the songs on that first album like The the Hurting something like Bleed From Within or Bleed Bleed For Me uh, Suffer The Children Pale Shelter like all the songs were real icy mm. sounding and then mm. the, the sound of the album is a little bit more glossy than that but but still fairly challenging as far as pop goes oh yeah and they think they carried that into this this second album this is a real sort of middle finger to the the press in the uk
2: like this is the kind of um oh it's definitely that it's definitely dealing with uh interpersonal um thoughts people have about themselves during uh dark political times yeah um how they carry how they react to their surroundings to their loved ones yeah in a very inter Yeah, interpersonal way Um, absolutely that just no other bands really did during that time I guess uh, some of the bands they were influenced by as well like Brian Eno and Bowie and stuff like that kind of of were touching upon that real dark side of pop and I
1: think Depeche Mode definitely also Mm -hmm, touched mm -hmm. on that that darkness you're right The Cure is a really good touch point I think New Order Pet Chat Boys um, and then a little bit more maybe unusually Pink Pink Floyd I found quite a bit of as far as yeah the, the proggy stuff on yeah, this album it was literally
2: what they're what they're listening to at the time yeah. they they kind of took with it phil um,
1: collins at genesis and craft from a synthesizer perspective yeah i i'd say yeah. phil
2: collins mo- the most yeah you, yes you know yeah, um, definitely. yeah uh but this is like what of what of a band yeah because uh, there's a very good documentary about this oh really uh, scene the scenes um from instead of songs for the big chair yeah scenes yeah. from the big chair um well, they just talk about the techniques and and just the time they spent on this mm. and like their their method for basing songs in a in a soundscape first right. then doing the songs like we've got these six or so very bizarre synths mm. drums uh drum emulators stuff like that then they wrote the song so like they got just yeah. random soundscapes and built within that, which I find is really cool. I don't think many people do that anymore.
1: Well, that's the thing. Part of the reason why, and I know it, it is eighties week, but um, my general consensus on the eighties is that it was the worst decade for music. Now, give, given <laughs> what I'm about to say, there are obvious A exceptions. Heretic, somewhat, there are, are no. obvious exceptions, but I do think this sort of the slap bang average 80s song. Was worse than both the the average ninety song and the average seventy song because it's just yeah yeah okay, okay. just no I think the general reason for that is yeah. because I don't think synthesizers were ready for the limelight yet and yet they were given the, the full limelight in the eighties I don't think digital uh, production techniques and digital music was ready and it's really harsh and and quite lo-fi sounding and yet it was it was pushed into the mainstream too early. Um, and yeah, I just think there was a lot of stuff in the eighties that, that that really has not dated well. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I think what Chris Hughes does on this album as a producer, and and I agree with you, like clearly the time and attention to detail that's been put into the use of electronics and synthesizers on this album was unimpeachable, and the lo- result is a load is, of happy accidents. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, um, that's yeah, that,
2: the, that was almost the only only way. Um, just surprise yourself with success. Yeah the the results um, the
1: results do speak for themselves.
2: Yeah, that uh, they spent literally like ten to seven p.m. five days a week for weeks. Yeah, on end months on end working on this album. Yeah, just experimenting before they even got to the songs. Yeah, um, yeah. which which is insane. Just just to see if they could make it work. Yeah, um,
1: there's nothing there's nothing thin or tinny or harsh about this. Every sort of they don't put a foot wrong sonically which makes it so much easier to love the songs which are fantastically well written mm, anyway
2: quite varied <clears throat> considering. yeah
1: yeah yeah i think you know you, you, everybody will know the big singles on this album shout shout yeah let it all out so everybody knows that song mm-hmm. everybody wants to rule the world is a just a massive international I everybody guess, and sure. their
2: five-year-old knows that and yeah. loves that as, yeah. as, as as was the surprise to them that they got a whole audience from that song right right mm-hmm, right, right and that, that, they like, that, expect. that that'll be on every like, like, wedding playlist they every had, yeah like they had yeah. their goth wave audience from the first album sure then they have everybody right everybody wants to rule the world like yeah. everybody and that's still it's still a song you hear um in every pub in every karaoke bar everywhere and it's and it's. I
1: love when you can hear a, a sort of a song that's considered a, you like a karaoke staple, and then to actually go back and listen to it and to find that it has so many more layers than you initially thought that it did. I mean, yes. everybody wants to rule the world. Just there's so much more going on to it when you actually listen to it with a decent set of headphones than yeah. when it's being pumped through the speakers at an 80s night or something. Mm-hmm. It's like it's got that lick that you gotta
2: been, you gotta live with it, which is a hard thing to do when you hear a song and then. You have to go back to the context, yeah, of the album. Like, like I could be, like, somebody could be so sick of Iggy Pop's "The Passenger," yeah. And then they hear it in the Passenger album, and
1: it, it changes it, the, the way you listen mind. to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, definitely, this, 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 this I had that effect with this. Whereas I, yes. you know, hearing it out of context is one thing, but hearing it in the context of the album is yeah. a totally different thing. And that, like, that, I feel like that lick has been ripped off by so many indie The spidery guitar just that jingling. particular riff almost and and mm. it, and it's it, it 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 suits that song so perfectly um and even the solo at the end that's at the end of everybody wants through the world oh, it's, is bizarre it's
2: perfect
1: it's like this wacky sort of it's cor- kind of cor- almost primus type solo it's bizarre
2: yeah, it's, it's great it's, it's kind of like a very gentle cordy solo yeah like, i don't even it, it, know how to describe I, it <laughs> Like I've tried learning how to play it, and it's very, very hard to kind of yeah. move chords around like that. To like, yeah. on especially in the high, higher strings. I, yeah. I don't know. It's just like it's, uh, and
1: and then the last, the last sort of big hit single was Head Over Heels, which I I can't even explain how much I like that song.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, thanking Donnie Darko for bringing uh, I don't know, just this band back. Yeah. To fame. That's kind of how it started. It oh, really? Too, that. Again, that's how it reignited.
1: What 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 particular song? Uh Head Over Heels. Was Head Over Heels. Yeah, that oh, right, okay. was
2: in Donny Darko and and that brought them back, I guess. Oh
1: wow. I actually haven't seen Donnie Darko, God forgive me.
2: Yeah, now 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 yeah. they're back and they're they're in the middle of writing an album. They spent like the last four years writing the album but, yeah. but a a lot of setbacks.
1: We often talk about um um we often talk about um, uh chiptune and eight bit kind of influences on songs, but it's actually reasonably rare that you hear sixteen bit flourishes in a song but yeah. head over heels has that it has weird little sort of super nes yeah and you type you, sound effects that it, i just you, love you
2: don't just get it in head Over heels you get it in like um uh what else um like the first few songs especially uh well the word the working out mother's talk
1: mother's talk yeah well yeah. this talk is as close to sort of a typical 80s pop song that yeah. the album gets but god i love it how it's it, great it, yeah it, it's
2: it's just so nasty. It reminds me of what Trent Reznor st- started to do at Nine Inch Nails. I'm pretty sure that was okay. his, that was his like, thesis yeah. for basing that band off was that kind of music.
1: My touch point um, for that one was actually really, really early Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, okay. Some really
2: frantic sort of funk guitar yeah, my, and then... My touch point yeah. for that was like um, the Terminator soundtrack. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, the definitely. The really like, um, like, uh, what's the word? Not legato, uh, well there's this Yeah, I love love that kind of arpeggiated um, yes. rhythms in the synth.
1: I and and then it's and mean, then there. sort of golden eye type stabs like and then,
2: bow, bow, then like bow. then like the yeah. um yeah. the vocals just uh we will work it out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We like, can.
1: W- we can work it out. I that's, love that. And they do it so well live. Yeah. Um that's that's actually it's um, quite similar to um just funny did you ever watch did you watch the bros documentary on bbc4 no no oh my god it's the funniest it's it's absolutely amazing but that that song does kind of remind me of their big hit when will i be famous yeah it's but that that was a very tropey kind of type chorus in the 80s and it works yeah. totally works here. yeah
2: like the combination of both the voices is crazy yeah like everybody who yeah. the world the world is um is uh smith oh okay and Orbazal does all the crazy high stuff yeah. like he, he is he's he's more so being the vocalist I guess yeah uh, it's once you really hear it like it's is he head over heels uh yes I yeah, so. yeah yeah, they yeah. come in at different moments like they've got the harmony game on point I couldn't
1: quite pick out the, the one from the other right yet. just at this point yet but I or, or I, yeah
2: Orzabal's more American, Americana in his voice. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. I I think, um, and and Kurt Kurt's more uh, soft, soft spoken. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: the 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 big the big surprise on this album for me. I mean, I, I liked it all the way through, but um, you know, like I think I believe it's not a surprise, but but I thought I believe it was really nice because it's it shows a real understanding of. Of jazz, funnily enough, mm-hmm. the because the, mm-hmm. the chords that he, you know it, it could have been a very very simple piano ballad, but actually it's made a thousand times more interesting by the approach yeah. that's taken. But uh, the, but the big, big. surprise, mm-hmm. good. No, they do that a lot lately. Like yeah, a, oh that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, the big surprise for me was broken. I can't yes. explain to you like the number of things that surprised me about that song yeah (laughs) first of all i mean how it it, works into head over heels. yeah well yeah yeah, that's Mm -hmm. that's
2: that's that's top of the list it's just like just the little sprinklings of like this is a song we're gonna enter in a bit yeah but this is this weird frank zappa weirdness for now it's got
1: the jauntiest and at the same time most lethal bass line i've ever heard yeah dung. I mean, that's fantastic because you think it's going to be a really sort of happy, clappy pop song.
2: It's powerful, and then once mm-hmm. the
1: instrumentation comes in, it's yeah. so minor and uh, and threatening, and 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 that. And then when he when, when the actual sort of chorus section comes in, it almost reminds me of what like Jonathan Davis would do. You're like broken, like the way he he hits yeah, yeah, the yeah. notes is so heavy. Yeah, the, the, it's great.
2: The the, the Phil Collins kind of came out of that, I think. And yeah, um, it did,
1: it did But it's, I think it's It's more driving It's It's definitely more It's one of my favourite kind of Chaotic than that Like,
2: intro songs to another song ever Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah And it is, because it, Yeah It, it,
1: it, it blends context- seamlessly into it Head Over cont- Heels It
2: contextualises that Yeah And um, I just love the writing with Head Over Heels Yeah, yeah, yeah Um, Like, the, we haven't t- really talked about the lyrics yet Right But I, I love the way they just Like, Head Over Heels is talking about, like, doing regular stuff With your, yeah. like, being able to talk about everything with your girlfriend Right yeah um or whoever is in your in your surroundings who in were that s- special to you. are special to you um yeah but then was it the chorus is all about like am i getting too into this <laughs> like yeah, yeah, like yeah, am yeah. i too addicted to this <laughs> feeling it's yeah. it's great very, that, that, it's a very 80s notion but i, I they 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 knock it out of the park
1: more than any other song i can think of that song makes me feel like i'm in a movie in a big white parasuit with like oh, yeah.
2: sunglasses on. It's just like yeah, you see it and you hear it in Stranger Things. Yeah, as well. It's just so goddamn classy. When like Eleven is finally gelled up her hair in season two, yeah. and this song is playing, like at, every kid looked like that. Uh, <laughs> oh, a- did
1: this song feature in the in the soundtrack? Yeah, that was the that song might that be played. Where at I the moment. heard it, I thought I heard it in a, a play because I this the Head Over Heels is the one song in on the album that I had kind of gone in on big time uh, before. You brought them back to my attention. I wasn't sure where I'd heard it, but it must be must have been Stranger Things. But yeah, it's oh man. B- <laughs> but then that's that's another case of context making a song so much better because that ending with broken just sounds so odd. But then once you you pair it with the uh, the, the the track beforehand, <laughs> all of a sudden it becomes like a mini suite. Yeah, towards the end of the album,
2: it builds it up. Even, even more yeah, um yeah
1: and then closing it is that really very much like very phil collins meets earth song mm, mm. type vibe of yeah. listen
2: this kind of an outro environmentally weird yeah you know, yeah that's, i, I yeah. like i like it you know no,
1: I, I i love the vibe of it i gotta mm. say yeah, it makes
2: the song it makes this album an experience more than it does single after single which yeah it kind of cannot start at the start you know
1: yeah but yeah. it's not i don't think this is no 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 It's no, not, no, pop, it, it's not it pop
2: music By today's standards It's it's, it's perfectly balanced It totally yeah. is Like like it's got Like Shout was so pop It was very yeah. poppy um, Everybody well, well, wants to rule the world Pretty poppy as well And then The Working Hour In the <laughs> middle Which is just this kind of Kind of loungy Sexy yeah, the working Slow hour is, saxophone It's this yeah It's like, a, it's like a
1: Like a sexy sax man Expansive Lush Ballad Takes his time Really bold choice For track two that's right on the slower stuff especially that song uh, The Working Hour and uh, a couple of other moments in this album I get a real early Dream Theater vibe yeah okay um, you know because they, they they relied heavily on, on saxophone on a couple songs or clarinet maybe mm-hmm. and uh, again none of these touch points really would be relevant to pop music today like the songs are really long generally speaking it's a couple of exceptions but you know the songs have loads and loads of room to breathe the drumming it's,
0: is
2: prog drumming yeah drumming is on a drum machine which is nuts and I think there's actual drums there as well there are but it's just layered like quite layered
1: there are I've actually written Rush down in my notes for Broken I think that that verse yeah kind of section like that's really Rush but yeah so you know a lot of the touch points on this for me are not pop despite the fact that this is universally referred to as pop I mean I would have really thought of this more as
2: prog rock yeah like i couple them with i always i'd couple them with oingo boingo yeah like that feeling Um, yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah
2: Yeah, i'm sure they they are inspired by 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 the boingo as well they probably are yeah
1: they probably were yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and then it's funny to hear the the hurting which is sparser and more minimalist and overall darker yeah and to this which I would say is sort of the Goldilocks album to Seeds of Love uh, which came in
2: 1989 Uh, that album is insane it's it's very insane I I, I quite love it
1: quite strange well I I need to get to know it a bit more but on first brush it just seems like they
2: really threw the kitchen sink at it well it's it's incredible because that album's got like um, like tons of like uh, Beatles references like this. Yeah. the song is totally like self-acclaimed a rip-off of I of the Walrus right right the Walrus. and they, um, they, they
1: they 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 choir in these sort of gospel choirs and things and it all gets very no, it, as I say holding hands around the world uh,
2: not not really like at first glance you may think so it's mm. still pretty dark um, but like they just they go nuts with it like yeah. this album was the point uh, where they started just just going crazy with stuff, and like I prefer I not I, overdo- I, overdoing it at points,
1: but yeah, in a good way. I lo- I just I like the Tears of Fear's bombast contained within, um, what's his name? Kurt? No, uh, uh, the other guy. Sorry, yeah, Kurt. Yeah, yeah. But within Kurt and Roland, like just basically the two guys plus the producer. Like this, mm. this feels like them expand, like really kind of stretching out and expanding within themselves. Whereas yeah. I think on okay. Seeds of Love, they were like, we have all the money to do. You know they they that was, millions. That was kind of that, on was, it. that
2: was kind of the case with this one as well. Okay, you know, to an extent. Okay, but the the next one was like here's a crazy ideas album. Yeah, yeah, and it worked.
1: Like this think, is the easier illusion to the next album's Chinese Democracy. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. And then like later on they, they uh, the Raoul and the Kings of Japan because then it kind of became of a Roland Spain. solo show for a um,
1: while, right? Yeah, I think yeah. Then Kurt left, kind of like. So as far as people considering the, the, the elements and Raoul to be sort of canon Fear, Tears of Fears albums, I'm not sure.
2: It is. Yeah. It It is. It, it, they're, they're both there in that album still. Just more so... I
1: think, I think uh, he left. I'd I have to... The finer points of the history, but I, I'm almost sure... I wasn't there, but
2: one he, of the, they're both in the videos for it. Okay. They're both in the videos. Okay. okay.
1: <laughs> well, anyway, the, regardless, we're talking about uh, songs from the big chair and, and it, oh, what an album it is. Um, really yeah. really excellent definitely one of my favorite albums that you've brought to uh-huh. the show it yeah. says um it just not not to uh, it says like the band's so this is rowland the kings of spain 1995 yeah. it says like the band's previous album elemental it is essentially a solo effort by roland neither album being made with the involvement of kurt smith who had left the band at the time no. so yeah so i think i mean there's definitely other bands where we where we've seen that and the jury can be out it's like well i'm i'm trying to think of a good example of a band but you know where there's like one well people have that conversation all the time about smashing pumpkins it's like well you know i suppose it is the billy corgan show yeah you can you can distinguish
2: (laughs) it quite obviously like there's definitely a point where it becomes more like like those albums feel more of a band like yeah a, like kind of a more rocky band in a way
1: right 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 Um so like is you know is it the Roland and Kurt show or is it the Roland show or whatever and that's something that actually I'm invested enough now in this band to want to find be.
2: out <laughs> yeah well li- li- live it's it's Roland guitar Kurt bass yeah. and occasionally guitar and occasionally just singing <laughs> yeah no 100% like, like,
1: I'm so glad they're back together now and I, I'd be so interested to, to, to hear what what a refreshed and revived tears of furious has um, to give to the world so
2: there i got the greatest hits recently and mm. there's, there's two albums um two songs two new songs on it okay uh, one is like co-written co-produced by the guys from bastille oh which is really cool it's okay. it's, it's very modern pop right but it's really awesome it sounds like a band's back doing awesome stuff great so, like um production once again like 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 a fast forward of production yeah. of what they could do these days. I'm I'm very excited.
1: Yeah, well they were so ahead of their time for the time production wise. So I'd be interested to hear how they keep up in mm-hmm. 2019. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's I mean this doesn't sound a day over <laughs> 10 years old, I don't know. Oh, it's it's brutally it's, timeless. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very it's it's timeless. Yeah. It's 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 at once Extremely 80s and also timeless. So, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, now it's just in the modern lexicon of radio. True. For the most part. I, w- I wish some more songs were given a bit more airtime, though. Ah, who cares? I know, I know. Who cares about airtime?
1: Yeah. We have the album. All right, so that's true. Uh, my, my favorite song is Head Over Heels, unsurprisingly.
2: Um, Mine changes every day. Yeah. Uh, absolutely every day. It's, it's, it's very hard to distinguish. I think, hmm, let me think. Just have a uh, good look. You know, I think it's a tie between Rule the World and Mother's Talk. Nice. All right. That's uh, Songs from the Big Chair
1: by Tears for Fears. Check it out. You'll recognize a couple of the songs anyway. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We are going to take a little bit of a longer break because there's a crazy number of albums coming out and we mm. want to make sure we give them all the time they deserve. Um, some really big hitters, including uh, While She Sleeps, Dream Theater, In Flames, Weezer, Crystal Lake... Um, you name it so so you know there's going to be a packed packed show next time and uh, we want to make sure we give it the due diligence so mm-hmm. that we can uh, so we can give all those albums our honest and informed opinion yeah but in the meantime take care of yourselves and uh, we will speak to you on the other side bye
0: bye bye